Welcome to the Montgomery Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to grow deeper in your faith. If you'd like to learn more about MCC, you can visit our website at mcc.church. I'm so thankful for you that are joining us here, you that are joining us uh, via online, wherever you may be right now at this moment and time. So thankful for Pastor Phil for allowing me to be in this space uh, again, because uh, it is something when you're a shepherd, when your lead pastor allows you to stand before the people with the responsibility to break the bread of life. So my prayer to, uh, for us all today is that you would draw into what God's going to reveal to us, and I promise I'll be done as soon as I'm finished, Okay. All right, I'm two for two. That worked at 9.32. So um, listen, uh, remember, if you can't think or say amen, just think or say ouch. If you're too ashamed to say ouch, just smile, and no one will have any idea that what I said hit your house. So we're going to jump right in. Last week, Amy shared with us um, that as believers, sometimes we can uh, forget uh, our calling to show love, to show humility, and be in unity as a body of believers, okay? Uh, She also shared with us how unity doesn't just happen. Unity takes work, okay? This week, I'm excited to take us farther into our sermon series, From Me to We. And I want to just encourage you for a moment right there that although the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you in that transition from me to we, you are absolutely accountable for your participation in that change. Amen? So today I want to speak to you and encourage you to speak truth to one another. That's where we're going to settle at today, Jim. We're going to talk about speak truth to one another. Now the Bible teaches us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It does not say faith came by having heard. See, because if faith came by having heard, then it would have been sufficient enough for you to walk through your, the fullness of your salvation. But no, the Bible says faith cometh by hearing. That's continuously hearing, I-N-G, the word of God. So listen now for your hearing, according to what the Apostle Paul says about the text today. As a prisoner for the Lord, then... I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. A little later in Ephesians 4 and 17, the Apostle Paul also instructs us and he tells us that what this means is that we do not live like the world, John. We don't live like the world. Although we must be aware of it, get this, we, we live in a place, we live in a community, we live in a culture, and although, Gunter, we are aware of what's around us, we cannot live like the environment around us. The Bible says that the believer is a peculiar people, set aside, right, Kim, to, to do the things that God would have us to do. So today, I want you to consider this uh, as a three-step three-step process, if you will. First, we put off the old self, which is corrupted by our deceitful desires. Step two, we renewed, we, we are renewed in our minds. And step three, we put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Today, we're going to learn what it means to put off the old self and put on the new self. Yeah, amen went right there. 
Uh, the Apostle Paul sets it up with a few contrasts, if you will, right? So uh, he says we're, we, we must no longer do this, but we are to do that. But moreover, he, des- he desires and he describes for us what the renewed mind and new self looks like. So as we read and consider these contrasts today, I want us to remember that this is not simply a behavior change. No, but these actions come from the renewing of the mind. Be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind. See, as our minds are taken out of the world, transitioned from the things of the world, not allowing the world to dictate and focus uh, us on the things of the world, uh, and our minds are moved to the word, the word that is infallible, the word that does not lead us astray, the word that does not compromise, the word that tells us the truth like it is. Uh Uh-huh. When we're moved into the word, only then are we able to stop certain behaviors and do better behaviors. Not perfect, but better. Miss Amy, we can only desire to do better each day, right? Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. And the phrase members of one body is actually, compri- is actually translated from one single Greek word, which is alelon. You want to write that down and remember that, study that a little later. But the meaning of alelon is one another, reciprocity, and mutually. Amen? See, there's no specific something we're supposed to do. Everyone wants, well, what do I do? Tell me what to do. And I'll do that. But see, there are some things that only come by faith. Some things only come by fasting and praying. So you have to be ready to dial into what God is saying to do, Jeff, so that, so that when, when you know that you're making a transition, you are confident because you were led of the Lord. So it's not one specific thing, but we are instructed and told to do things to, for, and with certain people. Not just believers, but non-believers as well. What the Apostle Paul is saying here to us is each of us must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to our neighbor for we belong to one another. So when I speak, it's not about me. It's about we. When I stand in this space, when I stand in this space with, with our K through six or our high school, senior, junior and senior high schoolers, our young adults. I'm not speaking for me. I'm speaking for we. How do we all, Felicity, work together to do the things that God would have us to do? So it can't be just about me. It has to be about we. Then in verse 26, we read the following instructions. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Let me stop there for a second. See, you do know that you have the right to be angry. The Bible says, be angry, but do not sin because of your anger, right? So the reason that the, the scripture there, Paul says that, that, that don't give the devil a foothold because sometimes people get angry and they have five too many drinks. Or sometimes people get angry and they just get mean. Or sometimes they get angry and they try to run you over with a car. I was just seeing if everybody was awake. Uh, but but they, get, they, they, get, they get angry and they do things out of anger. And guess what? The things that they do out of anger is what gives the devil a foothold. 
Okay? So, so when I was reading that, I was like, so why did Paul say, you know, still be angry, don't be angry, don't let the sun go down, and don't give the devil a foothold? Because oftentimes, it's how we process our anger or the inefficiency in the way we process our anger that gives the devil an open door. Yeah, that's a whole nother series. But what are some of the ways we can speak truth to one another? Good question, Lauren. First, I must decide that in my anger, I won't sin. Yeah, see, it's a decision. It's a choice. It's not, you can't be so angry that they made me mad and made me do it. We've all heard that, right? But when I'm angry, I'm, I'm focused on me. I'm not focused on we. I'm, I'm focused on what happened. You, you get so angry. You, you've heard the stories. You, you've heard the comment. It said, well, you don't know what he or she said to me. You don't know what he did. You don't know what she did. I, you don't know. I don't, but I can see what it's doing to you. Because it's either, it's either uh, making you stressed or depressed or filled with anxiety because you haven't fully given it to the Lord. Why should I not go to sleep angry? Another good question. Because if I do, I'm not being honest. That's why. I'm actually embracing a falsehood. Okay? Listen closely. Even if the person that I'm angry with has no idea I'm angry, I do. And then that's why I can't sleep. You know how you let somebody get you so worked up that you can't sleep? You lay down. You go to bed. But in 30 minutes, you back up. You're walking around. You can't sleep. You're watching TV. You're binge eating. Because everything that you're struggling with, I see a lot of giggles right now because they're like, oh, that's what that is. Yeah, that's absolutely what that is, right? So, so, so when, when, when you do that, you're not being honest with yourself first. And then you're also not being honest with God. Wow, he knows you're stewing. He knows you're struggling with what you're struggling with. He's sitting there, look, he's watching, but you don't want to talk to him either because why? God's going to tell you the truth. <laughs> He's going to tell you what to do. So some things we don't run and take it to God. God, do you know what she did? He's like, yeah, but remember why she did it. So understand this. It's never okay for a person to be so angry that they harm someone. But if the people that created the anger and did the things that provoked them don't acknowledge what they did, then you can never truly have reconciliation. So living in truth and speaking truth requires humility and ownership on my part, on your part, as well as some repentance. Yeah, see, we forget that part sometimes. People, they'll, they'll rest in forgiveness, but they won't transition to repentance. You say, what's the difference? The difference is forgiveness is I'm not ready to leave it alone. I just want to be forgiven for it. Repentance is I'm tired of it, so I'm going to turn away from it. Amen. So put away falsehood and speak on, excuse me, put on speaking the truth. The first behavior to put off is all falsehood. We live in a world full of deception, people, full of deception, right? When it comes to not speaking the truth, have truths are a common weapon in our world today. Yeah, see, some people just outright lie. They just, I mean, they just lie. It's just, it's a part of them. It's what they do, right? But it's, it's a really sad thing, too, at, at that. But, but, but it is the use of half-truths that pulls people in and deceives people. See, Satan was effective in the garden with a lot of half-truths. 
two really major half truths he used in the in the in the in the Garden of Eden, and and it's a, for you theologians, it's a debate we can have later as to whether or not the father of lies can actually tell a partial truth. We'll talk about that another day, okay? But he gave a half truth, and I'll show you. See, when he told Eve, "You will not die if you eat of the tree," he was half right. See. They didn't actually die physically. They indeed kept living, but spiritually they died, Chloe. They died in the moment that they took a bite. Amen. And I still, I, I still, Lydia, I struggle with, I struggle with if Adam had just said no, because the law was given to Adam. The instructions were given to him. But, you know, Eve was kind of cute. So he... He wanted some of her fruit. Okay, all right, okay. Stay saved, stay, stay Christian. Okay, so anyway, all right, so <laughs> I couldn't help it. Okay, so, so, so they didn't die. They actually kept living, but they died spiritually. When he said if they ate the fruit, they would be like God, it was another half truth. See, see yeah, they, they had a better understanding of good and evil, but, but this would not make them fully like God. Right? See, God knows the difference between good and evil, and he always chooses good, whereas Adam and Eve didn't. Right? All the husbands just leaned over to their wives about the fruit comment. But, 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 but Adam and Eve didn't know the difference. And see, Satan used those half-truths for them as bait. Uh-huh, to get them to do what he wanted them to do, to eat the fruit. And, and, and there's a book called The Bait of Satan. Uh, I mentioned it in the first service, so I wanted to mention it again here. That wasn't in my notes, but I wanted to share it. Uh, you all really, you should absolutely check it out. But we need to become more aware as Christians of what half-truths look like so that we don't buy into them and so that we aren't guilty of sharing them. Those half-truths, people, you may have heard them called little white lies. Uh-huh. Look at what Paul commanded in Ephesians 4 17. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Let's be honest. It's very easy to not tell the truth. But truthfulness is a part of the new self that is created in the likeness of God. So please speak truth to one another. The prophet Zechariah tells us this. These are the things which you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. We must tell the truth to one another. And not deceive each other. We are not the world. We must not be like the world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. I've told you before that, that, that the truth is always the truth. It's always the truth. At times it brings joy, it brings happiness and encouragement, but that same truth can also cut, it can also hurt. But guess what? It's always the truth. See, people can become habitual deceivers so much so that they don't even know they're doing it. They get used to not being honest, and it becomes their very nature. If we don't learn to speak truthfully to each other, we'll simply be hurting one another, and we won't be able to trust each other. 
The Apostle Paul instructs this. So hang on. I'm going to get to my point. Just, just hang on because it's going to confuse you like it confused me when I was preparing this message. Uh, Paul said, stop stealing and work. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. What Paul is saying here is that when we look at this, we see a reversal that happens when you form a relationship with Jesus Christ. The stealer turns into the giver. As for me, I will not steal. Now, I know, I know you're looking like, what in the world is he talking about here? That's what I had to ask myself. What is Paul talking about? What does stealing and working have to do with speaking truth to one another? Well, when we steal, we conceal the truth from others. With our talk, we cover it up. When we lie, we tell half-truths. If I steal, I take things for me. Unless you're Robin Hood, he stole to give to people. But you may also ask, how is working related to speaking the truth? Well, when I work, I contribute to we because I can then share what I've earned honestly with others around me. And it's very important to note that God commands us to work. You don't take what other people have. You work for it. And work, and, and work is the means by which God is going to provide for you. But contrary to what many may believe, we don't work to have. Yeah, got real quiet right there. I, I, I threatened to run out the side door if anybody rushed the stage in the first service. Because I said, we don't work. To have, we work to give. We are to be a giving people. We need to consider what we have been given physically, blessed, blessed with. To share with anyone in need is because God gave it to us. And when you're able to share, it takes us from being just, just me to us being we. We had a, had a couple connect with our church just several months ago. Oh, actually, it's not several months ago, several weeks ago. And they got everything from people help sewing to them for a car so the husband and wife could both get back to work, back and forth to work and, 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 and help with furniture and, and other things and just, just money and everything. Why? Because the church community knew they needed it to get settled into where they would be. Amen. And that's going from me to we. I can see the looks on your faces, so just smile, and nobody will know you're struggling with any parts of this message so far, but I'm not even going to look at the live stream chat right now because earlier it was like really crazy, okay? Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. The Amplified Bible says it this way, Heather. It says, he who is gracious and lends a hand to the poor lends to the Lord. And the Lord will repay him for his good deeds. I don't know about you, but I'd rather lend to the Lord. Because if I lend to the Lord, that means he will repay. My hope for us all today is that we don't see giving to our fellow believers or those that we encounter that are non-believers as a chore. Nor that we see giving to the poor as a way to receive from God. Brett, it's not, that's not, we're not giving to get. We give because it's right. And then according to his word, he says, when we give, he'll give it back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will men give into your bosom? You do know that everything God does in the earth, he does through people. 
Okay. That's another conversation. But we must see both of these options as a way for us to be the church, a way to see our responsibility to one another. And we should never hoard or be guilty of hoarding uh, uh, or being selfish uh, in the spirit toward our wealth and possessions. Because if we do, then we fail to understand that all we have or all we ever hope to be is given to us by the Father. Don't use corrupting talk, but use talk that builds up. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Notice I said listen and not hear. You need to speak to those who are listening. You know, listening and hearing are two different things, right? Everybody make a circle. Make a circle like this with your hand real quick. Real quick. Hold it up. Make a circle. Take that circle and put it on your chin. Now freeze. Don't overthink it. Look at your neighbor and say, is that your chin? Right, right. Because, get this, get this. Everybody heard me, but not everybody was listening. And I saw some people struggling going, he said chin. And she was, she, she was sitting right there. She was like, but he, he's doing this. Everybody did exactly what they saw me do, but they, everyone did not do what they they heard me say. Simple. I've done speeches for universities with thousands of people and they all bellow just like you did when they realized like he told me chin, but he put it on his cheek because everyone now get this. This is just a little lesson. It's not in my notes. That means that some of us are visual learners and some of us are verbal learners. I'll get exactly what you say when you say it, right, Amy? If you say it, I'll get it. And if I see it, I'll get it. So back to the text. For we should be careful not to use foul words, but we should only say those things that will be uh, edifying for the people that we're talking to, the people that are listening. See, some people will hear you, right? Some people will hear you. I can be at the house and I'll hear a Christian up in the kitchen making a lot of noise and on the phone or FaceTime and whatever. But if I'm not listening to him, I won't know what he's talking about. So know the difference between people who are listening to you, Kelly, and people who just hear you. Do we do God like that? Whew, yeah. See, we must not use words that cause rottenness in the souls of others. This position requires the renewing of our minds. For our minds to be renewed, we have to consider how we expose ourselves to certain things. Sometimes it's television or, or music or even movies. Darren's going to play something for me and prove a point, and I have no doubt that he's going to prove this point, Geese. I have no doubt. Day's looking new and bright, and you're going to start it right. The best part of waking up. And, oh, I heard melodies. I mean, they were just singing that thing, right? Now, listen, for all my, all my young adults or millennials and my, my, my kids in the room, how many have that song on their Apple Music list? How many own the CD? 
Who has the lyrics written down anywhere? Aiden, you have them written down anywhere? Okay. But everyone knew it. So this is a point also not in my text. We must recognize and remember that words and music have the ability and the power to penetrate our spirit and our consciousness without our permission. No one practiced that song. No one studied that song. Many of you, show of hands, you know words to songs you don't like. Because they're always in rotation in, in the radio, right? Or your kids won't stop playing it or whatever. Every time you turn the TV on, there's a jingle. You know the words and you find yourself at home singing the O'Reilly Auto Parts commercial song. Yeah, yeah. The, la the loudest laughters were the ones that sing the song. Okay? But, but, but notice how we all knew the words. Which means, no, there's nothing wrong with watching a Folgers, Christ, a Folgers coffee commercial. It's not demonic or the devil. But imagine the things that you don't pay attention to, that you expose yourself to. And because things like this can invade us without our permission, <laughs> the word is even more important to be near us, to be dear us, dear to us, for us to be making sure we're engaging, Denise, this thing right here that doesn't lead us astray, that doesn't give us questions about what we should do next, but it is absolutely a roadmap to how we please God and do our best in the earth as believers. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Whew. A, man, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Being a Christian is not just avoiding bad language. Being a Christian means saying words that build faith in others. Paul says, what must come out of our mouths must be good for building up, not tearing down. When considering what I just said, ask yourself these three questions. Will this statement build up or tear down the person? Hmm? Am I saying destructive words or helpful words? Are my conversations the words of healing or the words of harm? Church, our words must be encouraging and uplifting for each other, to each other, in our families, in our marriages, in our friendships, in every interaction, even with our classmates, our co-workers, because we are the church. We have a responsibility to look like Jesus, to sound like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to feel like Jesus. Even more, our words are to give both grace and truth. Grace and truth. And they're in that order for a reason. Because if you give truth without grace, you may offend. Jesus taught the disciples in Matthew. He said, he said, it is impossible that offenses will come. But woe is he who causeth the offense? What side do you want to be on? In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. So although we can be angry, we must not sin. We have to stop stealing. We have to stop being corrupt in our speaking and in our talking. We have to stop with all of the bitterness and the gossip and the malice, the slander. As a body of Christ, we must practice walking in forgiveness and walking in grace and walking in truth. Today's transforming truth or big idea, if you will, is to move from me to we, we must speak truth with Grace. Are you extending grace with your truth? 
If not, I encourage you to make every effort to do so. Jesus answered, well, let me say this first. You do know that you have to know the truth to extend the truth, right? And to extend grace, you have to know the truth. The truth, his name is Jesus. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I jokingly refer to Jesus as sometimes as our heavenly bouncer. Because if your name's not on the list, Lamb's Book of Life, you can't get in. No man comes to the Father but by me. So as I take my seat, we cannot speak truth to one another if we don't know the truth. If you know Jesus, you'll know the truth. If you have no Jesus, you have no truth. And when you know it, you can speak it with grace. And that, my friends, is how we move from me to we. Let's pray. Father, we honor you today and we thank you for all that you've done for us. We bless you for this is a day that you've made and we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, thank you for letting us down into the treasures of your word today so that we better understand and comprehend how we are to aid the Holy Spirit in moving from me to we. Help us to remember we may be the only Jesus some people may ever see. So Father, help us to represent you well. Help us to reflect you well and help us to be the light that's not easily hidden. We love you for it now, Father, and we thank you and we believe to see all that we've prayed in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can stay connected throughout the week by following Montgomery Community Church on Facebook and Instagram. For more information about MCC, visit our website at mcc.church.